Welcome back to the Captain's Run with Cameron Smith. We are here for Chemist Warehouse, heading to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. NRL transfer market set for a big change. Reports have emerged uh, of the NRL's change to the transfer system, which will come into effect from November 1st this year. So it's not done yet, just reportedly that it will come into effect November 1st this year. The biggest change is last right of negotiation clause, which will give incumbent clubs, so that's a club that already has the player, a 10-day period to convince a player not to join a rival club. The incumbent club will be told when a player is willing to accept an offer elsewhere. They won't be told the terms of the deal with the rival club, but will then have 10 days to convince the player not to accept the rival offer. We've also got some more details, some breaking news. Tom... He's onto it. What do we got, mate? Yeah, so this has just come through before as well. So the NRL has scrapped the controversial August mid-season signing loophole. So they've moving the deadline back to June 30 in a move that Andrew Abdo says will protect the integrity of the competition. So as you went through there, these are all changes that are being sent to agents, to clubs and to players. And this has been agreed on reportedly by the NRL and the RLPA. So before COVID and everything happened, as you know, there was the June 30 deadline. Then during COVID, um, they pushed that back to about the first Monday in August. Um, so it, it was only intended for the COVID-affected 2021 season. The rule had drawn you know, a lot of dismay by fans and clubs. Um, so it, moved, it means such moves as Tevita Pangai Juniors from Brisbane to Penrith a few years ago, um, David Nofaluma to the Storm last year, and Matt Lodge to the Roosters as well last year. Um, that, can't, that can't happen again. So... Um, Andrew Abdo said um, per AAP, it allows clubs to plan their rosters for the second half of the season based on injuries and player availability while making sure there aren't changes at the end of the season which impact the integrity of the competition. Um, another change is also that clubs will also be able to field supplementary players outside their top 30 at any point in the season without an exemption from 2024. Under previous rules, supplementary players had only been able to play after round 11 unless a club had significant shortages. Smithy, what do you reckon, wow. mate? Wow, a lot to take in there. Um, I completely understand it, and I, and I don't mind that, that June 30 date coming back. Um, given there was a little bit of frustration, I think, from a lot of people, particularly fans, like losing players late in the season to other clubs that were looking at, you know, making a push for the finals, right? So when they were in a position where they thought, like, we're a real good chance here. Well, they, they might have known they're playing finals, but we're a real good chance of winning a premiership. But wouldn't mind getting, you know, player X or player Y to come down. I really think he could he could help our finals campaign. So I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Um, yeah, and it's always the stronger clubs, right? It's always the clubs sitting up high on the ladder that are poaching those players from from the, the clubs down down lower on the ladder. So I don't mind that. Um I don't, I don't quite get the last right of negotiation stuff. I do, I do, from, I, I do understand what what its intention is, and I don't mind that that you know. So let's just use say, you know, Jack White situation where, you know, the the Rabbitohs come in and offer Jack a, an opportunity to move to the Rabbitohs, but then the Raiders have ten days to to come back and try and convince him otherwise, but. What what if the player's already made the decision? Like, does it matter? I I really don't like it because it gives the the club that has the player the chance to basically play chicken with them and just go, we're just going to throw massive unders at a player 
and then basically he has to accept another offer and then they can go, oh, all of a sudden we found all this money. Do you know what I mean? Mm. In a negotiation? Mm. Yeah. So they could really find a loophole in the whole thing. Because you could just, saying. yeah. But yeah, basically, oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> they could dodge up the negotiation. Yeah, the whole time. They could be saying, <laughs> oh, player. And I know this because obviously I was almost, I wasn't a top tier player. So I know what they do. Hey, mate. We got no money in the cap. We need you to take unders to stay. Please stay. Loyalty to the club. We promise you there's money in the cap next year. Yeah. But so what clubs could do is go, mate, we got no money in the cap. And then they could just keep doing it, keep doing it until the final second. And because they got 10 days to pull it all together, all yep. of a sudden they come out and go, well, actually, sorry, mate, we see that you're serious about this other offer. We actually mm. can afford to give you what you wanted. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I just think it's that's very in the club's favor. Yeah. And then that, um, and like you said, mate, that's, where the issue, the players that will have those issues are the ones that aren't the, sort of the top tier ones, right? Mm. Um, that they're, they're sort of like the you know, the the ones that aren't as high on the priority list. That they're just they're just trying to resign and and move on those quick little contract um, extensions and whatnot. The big dogs, though, I, I think for the 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 bigger names, the higher profile players, I think the negotiations. Uh, as always, like clubs are trying to get the players as cheap as they can. Yeah, for sure. No matter what the player, no mm. matter what player it is, um, there's no doubt about that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think they they could possibly use that a little bit in their favour. The clubs knowing that they've got that they've got that opportunity to come back again. Yep. Um, but you know, like at the end of the day, the the clubs have got to understand too. If they lowball someone, there's a risk that they they will go elsewhere. Mm. So they got to make the decision how, like, they got to place an importance on re-signing a particular player, and make sure that they don't, if they're trying to get them, you know, sort of at a bargain, don't go too low because then they'll, then they'll be the player will be forced to go look elsewhere if they believe that they can be paid more elsewhere. They'll 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 go look. Mm. There's no doubt about that. I don't think it's going to play. I don't think it's going to have too much of an effect on the player themselves. You know, this this whole um, last right of negotiation. Um, but you know, I, why have it if, I just don't understand why you have it there if you don't have the details of the offer from a rival club. So how do you know, how do you, like, how do you know, how do you know what, what you, what you're challenging against? Mm. You know, it's, mate, it's like going, it's like, it's like real estate. When they want expressions of interest, I hate that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> when you mate, own half the golf because you could just make up a you could just make up a figure. Oh yeah, we've got offers of this much. Like what? How do I know that? Yeah, yeah. Don't g up, oh, mate. <laughs> uh, it's absolutely true. Absolutely true. I think you know what I mean. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. I got stung recently in my rental uh, negotiation. <laughs> Apparently, they were going to sell the house and they needed fifty bucks more to not sell the house. Fifty <laughs> months, and I was like. Hey, listen, bruh, I've got a pregnant yeah. wife that I'm trying to keep happy here. Stung ya. Oh, stung man. Ya. Anyway, um, yeah, with the – look, the thing that I don't like about the 10-day rule is that it's supposed to be a fair negotiation between player and club. That is creating a rule that is in favour of the club. Um, yeah. And I just – yeah, I don't know if I like that. And I will say – and I'd love to hear your thoughts, Smithy, because you were with the, obviously uh, a key member of the RLPA before you retired – Mm. What, as a fan, purely as a fan and, and not a big player, was never a top-tier player, I can't believe we don't have a trade window, but I know that the RLPA had some misgivings with trade windows. Yeah, the, the whole point around that um, was around like timing for players and you know, giving them sufficient time. You know, it, let's just say they are traded um, from North Queensland to um, Canberra or 
West Tigers to the Warriors. Mm. I, I think the issue around that the RLPA, RLPA had was, you know, okay, so if you get traded, you've got, what, a week to uproot everything, um, you know, move house, find find a new accommodation, whether that be rental or break your rental where you currently are. If you're renting, um, if you own your own home, you've got to find someone to move into it and, and pay rent. You've got to move your kids from school. Um, you know, your partner may have a job somewhere. More than likely, will have some sort of employment somewhere that they need to then change and then uproot and then find a new job. I think that's why they are anti-trade windows. Mm. How does the AFL deal with that? Do they hire people specifically to help the, the traded players or it's more ingrained in their culture so they're just used to it? Yeah, well, mate, I, I can't comment on that because I'm, I, I don't particularly know okay. the ins and outs of how that works. But mm. you'd like to think that within the game and within clubs, there are people that hold positions that, that purely work on that, that trade stuff mm. where they, you know, they um, have resources and, and things to help out with those players that are moving mid-season. Mm. Um, but, you know, that, that's just something that really hasn't been in our game at yeah. all. So it would be it would be a shock to the system, you know, to our game and to our fans and, and particularly the players if, if we brought that in. Yeah. But I guess, you know, over a period of time, once it's in for, you know, several years, I think that just becomes part of our game. I th- and, and I think, and I think if, you look at the, if you look at the, um, you know, the modern player, I, I think there's probably never been a group of players that, that are more adaptable than they are now. Mm. I think just given what they've been through the last couple of years with all the COVID stuff and, you know, having to do different things as far as travel and, and hotels and, and training and all that sort of stuff, they've just got on, got on with business and done it. I, I so, think so yeah. maybe, maybe if there's, maybe if there's a time to bring it in, it, it might be now. I don't know. Well, I think as well with the salary cap increasing, you know, you no longer have professional first graders on forty grand a year. No, that's right. And so, I think the idea, like so people say, oh, the NFL has it, or they have it. It's probably because they get paid so much money <laughs> that it becomes super easy to get these things done. Yeah. Yeah, Whereas that's right. maybe we're getting closer to, uh, I guess, a game where the players, the lower tier players, are getting paid enough where. You go, okay, the minimum for a top 30 guy is 150 grand a year. Let's just say a random number. I think it's 130 or 40 or whatever. Mm. That, that's a professional wage. Like if you're getting 130 grand a year, you are professional. Yep. Maybe that becomes enough to, I guess, let people be traded or at the end of the year. Um, I think also as well, from a fan's perspective, you know, heading into that trade period, you would have a kind of an idea. Well, you should anyway. You should have an idea that there's a chance you may get traded. Um, yeah. I will say when I went to, to the Warriors, and I know this is, you know, much smaller um, scale, but they were really good at, like, setting me up with a place to save for the first few weeks. You know, take, you know, they really did help me adjust to the situation. Now, to be clear, I didn't have kids in schools. <laughs> mm. I didn't have a wife or anything like that. So... I, that, I know that's the harder bit, hardest bit. It's not the bloke moving. It's, you know, mm. taking care of the family. But if look, selfishly, as a fan, I think long-term we have to have a trade window. Mm. Uh, I think it's, a, it's, it's almost inevitable yeah. for two reasons. It gives fans a really clear indication of, like, this is when we're getting trades, all that kind of stuff. But also there's just too much money in it from a content perspective as a game. Um, you look at the AFL, when their trade window's on, like, it's, it's headlines everywhere. Oh, it's everywhere. 
everywhere. Um, but I, I get it from a if I had a you know my child and my wife and forcing them to move states you know within a few weeks that is that's rough that's rough mm. especially if I'm on you know I'm a lower tier player. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, but I guess it's all you know if 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 the game's going to go down that way, then they need to have things in place before mm. they introduce it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like have some people there looking after those trade periods to you know to to soften. To soften the move and, and the transitions to different clubs and different areas and all that sort of stuff we've spoken about, if they have that in place, I think it'll make the, the transition of, of bringing that in a lot easier. Yeah. Now, we're going to head to a break. After the break, we're going to get to our rising stars, thanks to Bailey Ladders.